let's talk about it. Welcome back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaining, feedism, and everything in their orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim. So let's get into it. Today we are continuing with our dinner table talk series. We have a few guests on the podcast today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves one at a time. Hi there. My name is Ray. Um, I've been on two episodes so far. I was the um, the guest for the transgender transmasculine episode and the mental health episode hi uh, my name is tim i'm uh i was in the episode of gaining with the family hi my name is henry um i was in the i've been in two episodes um the first being being new to gaining and what that is like and the second being about social media and that orbit of how feedism and the media collide. Wonderful. Well, listen, everyone, thank you so much for being here today. It is an honor and a pleasure, as always, to have each and every one of you here with us. And today we're doing something, I think, as always, a little bit different. I don't think we uh, have a lot of standard when it comes to our roundtable talks. It's always a lot to cover and a lot to to get into. So today we're doing a bit of a mental health check-in. And I think understandably with the world we live in, with gaining, with various intersections that we might find ourselves at, there's a lot that goes on. And mental health is a big conversation right now. And it's a conversation that must always be had, a conversation that must be continued. And therefore we are here today. So listen, y'all, let's get into it. Let's kick things off. So. For everyone here present, let's ask the question, where are we at mentally? I think personally, I'm doing a lot better than I used to. Um, Recently, I say recently, past few uh, months, I've been really working on myself, um, really trying to improve my outlook. Um, And I've really made sure that I am focusing on what my body and mind is telling me and when I need to stop and when I need to take a break. My mental health is a little bit hmm, tumultuous. Is that the appropriate word? A bit rocky, (laughs) I would probably say at the moment. Ups and downs in different regards in life, things juggling different balls, things up in the air, work, life, family, friends, etc. Um, so just taking some time, I think, to reflect, especially on like the run up to Christmas, coming up to the end of the year, that's just like check in with myself and how things are going and uh, try and make some, I don't know, decisions to start on for next year. For myself, I, uh, that's always a question I'm asking myself is how am I? I find that I can really vary depending on the day. Um, and with the work that I do, that can also really impact me. I can go in having a, a, a fabulous morning and then I come home feeling absolutely drained of all energy and motivation to do anything just because of the work I do. We call it um, compassion fatigue, which is this idea of like you are just so exhausted with hearing everything that you kind of just you get jaded a little bit. And so it's a really big thing for me that I make a point of like, am I getting jaded right now? And if so, that means I need to take a break. So I think right now I'm doing okay, but who knows that might change this upcoming week. So we'll just kind of have to see. Generally I'm doing okay. Um, Fall is the time of the year where things are a little bit weird for me. I have this tendency to nest for some reason. I have no children, but I still get this, a strong urge to nest as fall comes in. Um, personally, like I'm doing okay. I'm okay with the gainer community right now. I am seeing some progress on that front where people are taking chances. They're creating more prom offs for people to meet up. It seems like more people are willing to connect than like during the throes of the pandemic. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, I, I have to admit, I am having a difficult time with, with the negative things that are happening in my country and all over the world. 
Um, it's a little hard because like, I'm usually the person who believes hope springs eternal. And yet <laughs> everything that I'm seeing is like diminishing that significantly. And so I've had to kind of take a break from watching any um, news outlets or clicking on any articles on Facebook or anything like that. It's just, it can be really overwhelming what's going on in the world. So I'm trying to focus on me. Mm. I mean, honestly, what Ray said about compassion fatigue ain't ain't that fucking real. Uh, you know, there's there's so many things happening, and understandably, people who are affected want everyone to know and want everyone to give time and space to understand all that. And between the differences of what's going on, it's like uh, there's there's only so much emotional energy in the day. Um, so taking a break absolutely sounds like the done thing to do there for myself. Uh, mental health, you know, if I'm honest, recently has been a bit low. It's been a bit low. And I think, you know, Tim, you and I have had conversations about why that might be and how we can better support each other as friends as we go through things in life. But I will say today in particular, I had a wonderful day. You know, I woke up, I was going to go out and just get a couple of things that were missed on my grocery shop and my partner had suggested, you know, we go to uh, this little farm nearby that we like to go to to get some local produce. I said, oh, yes, let's go. And it was a wonderfully brisk day. And then it's just it was a bit, a bit of a day of just random odd sod things that made me feel like things were getting done very accomplished and so that was actually quite a, a a wonderfully healing day so i've actually walked into this conversation with some very high mental health which i did not expect to based on how things have been recently but hi ho here we here we are and i appreciate everyone sharing um where they're at and what's been going on for them and i think again this is that point of saying why we're doing this as a roundtable. Some of us are in very different places. Some of us are experiencing very different things. And it's all a part of that lovely amuse-bouche that goes into the weird, wacky, wonderful world of mental health. So I wanna ask a bit of a, a bit of a different question here to kick things off. Like, do people here think that physical health and mental health are like directly correlated? Because I know that people talk about this, right? People are like, oh, if you're feeling sad, go outside and walk in nature or like do some push up or like just do some gymming exercise, whatchamacallit. And I feel like obviously as a gainer, that is a bit counterintuitive. Um, but just get, just keen to feel the vibe of the room. What do people think? Does it have an effect? Does it not? Thoughts? It's a kind of, it's a, I think it's more of a one way streak than a two way streak. I think your mental health can affect maybe your more your physical awareness because I know, like, when I'm mentally not feeling well, I the way I see myself as a person is always going to be less. So like, the way I see my body, the way I see uh, my size and the way I look, I, always, I, I just see that as negative. I don't see it as a positive. But I rarely think that if I'm in a positive mental health space, I don't think that. So I think it's more, it's like a one-way streak. It's more your mental health affects how you physically see yourself if that makes sense uh I'm, I'm, my perspective on that i suppose i i kind of see what you mean henry and i do agree that it's like whatever you're feeling upstairs kind of escalates throughout the, the rest of your body and not manipulates but controls you in a sense of how you live your life and the things you do and what makes you feel happy or sad etc um i will i will say that for me, as well as probably some others, that sometimes my physical health will nudge back into my mental health, even if I'm having a good day and I'm or a good week or a good month or whatever it is, I'm feeling good about myself. But then my men, my physical health deteriorates to a degree. As an overthinker, I latch on to that like doubt in my in my physical ability. And then it just spirals and I fixate on that and I can't detach from it. Then that, that, that spiraling affects my mental health and then puts me in like a different position. So it does come back to the mental health controlling your physical, but I will say there's like a, some essence of your physical affecting your mental. I like what both of you guys said there um, with kind of re reframing the way in which you know, how these various different systems are at play and how they kind of can impact each other. Uh, there's, you know, as 
kind of speaking as somebody who, you know, sees this regularly, that our our physical body and our and our mind, you know, they're they are inextricably linked. Um, when we look at symptoms for mental health diagnoses, we also look at how that affects us physically. Um, even amongst the the um, the genders, you know, men experience more physical fatigue um, when feeling, or men more often experience physical fatigue and irritability with regard to depression, whereas women may, may, you know, this is obviously like just looking very generally, um, might be experience more um, moodiness and more, um, more physical upset. Same thing with anxiety. Some people might have more of the racing thoughts kind of thing, where some people have more of the physical reaction of feeling like they just cannot relax. You know, if you have that permanently clenched jaw, you know, or you're finding that you're sweating for no reason and not because you're fat and not because it's hot outside, but because it's just, you're, you're so worked up over anything. Um, but I kind of like how I, I do feel like sometimes our mind does have more control sometimes than our bodies do, because we do sometimes have that ability of like, eh, if I'm, maybe not feeling good my my willpower can push me through i'm i'm a stubborn bastard i'll push it i'll push through and i'll have a good day even if i'm feeling sick but if our mind isn't well that's going to sink us all down i think i think that our minds have a lot more control over how our bodies perform in a way than we might give it credit for i've got a long take on this but follow me if you can because <laughs> So, so <clears throat> I used to think that they were not related at all because I think it would had to do with like either the time that I was raised in or the people that I was raised around. It was this idea of, yeah, you can be sad, you can be upset, you can be whatever, but you still have to be useful. You know, so like my parents were always like, okay, I know you're depressed. I know you're sad, you're whatever, but you still got to go. You still got to get up. You still got to shower. You got to eat. You got to go to school. You got to do your homework. And it was almost like, you know, it was that early training of compartmentalizing your whatever's going on. It's like, yeah, you have this issue, but you got to shove it away because you have all these responsibilities that, that you have to complete. Um, so I used to think that they were that they weren't linked. And then I go to nursing school and I, you know, begin to learn more about the mind, more about different ailments and how they affect you. And in my line of work, I notice that a lot of times when someone is described, or I'm sorry, when someone is prescribed an antidepressant, they are also often prescribed an analgesic, a pain pill of some kind, because depression symptoms often manifest as physical pain, or like Ray was saying, physical fatigue. <clears throat> and even though I'm not a neuro, or I'm not a neurologist, um, if I follow the pattern of thinking logically, it's like, okay, so if you have a mental problem going on, and maybe it's the result of some sort of electrolyte imbalance or neurological uh, transmitter imbalance, um, there's there's um, plenty of parts of your brain that regulate the things that go on in your body, like take the hypothalamus, for example, it regulates hundreds of hormones into your bloodstream that control body temperature, heart rate, blood pressure, even mood, right? And if the uh, other parts of your brain are being affected by this neurological imbalance, of course, it's going to trickle down to everything else, you know? So I do think that they are linked. I wish they weren't. I kind of wish that human beings did have the ability to just compartmentalize and then not have any physical symptoms, but quite often those physical symptoms are the manifestation of your compartmentalizing. So <laughs> it's kind of a catch-22. I mean, I, th I think quite simply, your brain is a physical object. So therefore, even though even though we we separate it and think of mental health and physical health as separate, what is happening in your mental space is a physical thing, because it's your physical brain. It's just this interesting idea that we think of ourselves in such a metaphysical way that we're like, oh, they are two separate things, when actually they are very much conjoined. And I feel like what's really interesting about that is how many people today still see mental health as like not real. 
They're like, oh, you're just a little sick in the head, just spoonful of concrete and toughen up princess and all that other kind of like bullshit nonsense that people tend to say. Mum, uh, you know, when, when you're feeling a little not great um, and then you just kind of internalize that and go, oh, guess I am just overreacting. I think I just need to go back to work and, you know, that good old work ethic will straighten me out. Um, no, some of us have <laughs> mental health episodes and then things aren't great for a bit. So, you know, I, I, I think it's good to have that conversation around the link between the physical and the mental, because as we've all kind of explained here, yeah, <laughs> like either you, something happening in the physical will affect what's happening in your mental health. Something happening in your mind will affect your physical health. They'll affect each other simultaneously or just like take each other down, just like shake hands and yeet off the cliff. Like love when that happens. Um, a conversation point I know that I've referenced recently is around the biggest discovery in my own gaining journey, which is that positive mental health is the greatest tool in my box when it comes to gaining because I grew up with very poor mental health. And then I started the gaining process in my early twenties, couldn't figure out why I wasn't making progress. And then it was only after deciding to go on a journey of self-love, which I'm still on and will forever be on, right? It was only after I started going on that journey that I realized, wow, God, I'm actually gaining weight. Like it was amazing, it was a miracle, but no, it's not. It's just, I was looking after myself and making myself feel okay. And so therefore the natural response to positivity is, mm, I might eat more food. I might imbibe more. I might enjoy myself more, right? So I feel like there is a very, a very strong link. You know, and I like that, and I like that everyone's kind of touched on that in, in different different capacities. You know, um, so I want I want to ask for y'all, what are some of the biggest tools in your box when it comes to tackling your mental health? I got I got a good one, <laughs> and James, I think you you already know the answer to this. Um, for some reason, I really love trashy trashy reality television. Because no matter how bad things are going on in my life, I watch these TV shows and I'm like, well, it's not that bad. <laughs> I didn't do, I didn't pull some stunt on national television to be mocked and memed for the rest of my life. Like it could be worse. Honestly, uh, not the answer I thought you were going to give, but I love that answer. I, I, I truly thought you were going to say the dab pen, just like, it, just hit it when you need it. But. Well, I mean, but yeah, but that goes without saying. I mean, I've kind of, I, I, I feel like at this point, most listeners have understood that I'm kind of like the stoner dad down the street who's just clueless and <laughs> like doesn't understand technology, and, but has a really good heart and will take you in and shelter you and, and give you food. But don't ask me how to use Snapchat. I think for me personally, I very recently started uh, to stop drinking and smoking uh mainly because it's a singer thing i think that source that also kind of took into key i was sat down by my singing teacher and was like said like you need to stop this because you won't become a tenor and you won't make any money and i was like uh okay so i stopped and then kind of through that i then kind of realized um that i wasn't being able to monitor my drinking as much as i was thinking that I was able to. I was slipping into my old habits. I was really struggling with it. I was beginning to overdrink and be consumed by it again. Um, but it's only stopping that that I then realized that those things were going on. I think for me that has been my kind of tool is kind of noticing 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 what people say around me, stopping things that are bad for you, that you shouldn't drink and you shouldn't smoke. And just yeah focusing on kind of the the normal healthy stuff that we always get told which i feel like as a gainer isn't again counterintuitive but like you know not drinking and not smoking a pack of 20 a day is actually going to be quite good for you uh i suppose my tool or couple of tools is something that you'll see all over instagram and you'll re you'll look at it and you're like oh that's really obvious i should do that every day but you don't um is a lot of just reaffirmation where I'll just, I know it sounds cheesy to, to say to yourself in the mirror, like, I'm beautiful. I look good. I'm not going to let all these like self-saboteur voices in my head uh, set the agenda for today. 
Like, um, I'm going to say that I'm allowed to take up space and I'm going to take up that space and I'm going to own the space and I'm going to be my fabulous self in it. Um, because it's so very easily just to get sucked down with other people telling you you're, you're not good looking enough or you're not fat enough or you haven't gained as much as we thought you were going to or um, you can't handle as much as that other person or all these other types of things. So it's just a case of like, or if you can't do it for yourself because you feel like you can't do it, have a friend, have a friend that can say that back to you because I'll often do that. I'll ring a friend of mine um, and I'm, like, I'm having a low day and then they're just like, they're on it. <laughs> like, girl, you look fabulous today. Flab you look fabulous. Let's, let's work. Fuck flexing. You're flabbing. We're loving it. And uh, that's I'll that I'll instantly boost my mood and like yep we're gonna have a great great day. Excel Tim, I love that you embrace the positive affirmations. I for it, it's weird, but for me, I've never felt like positive affirmations kind of worked. But for when the, for the people that they do work for, I'm so glad that they do. I'm so so glad that they do. In my own toolbox, so to speak, in regards to how I maintain positive mental health, it's there, there are a number of things. Um, making sure that I get enough sleep. If I don't get enough sleep, I'm not in a good space. Making sure that I have my medications, making sure that I am engaging with people. That one is a hard one because I'm a quite a big introvert by nature. And if I had it my way, I would stay home and I wouldn't talk to anyone. But humans are social creatures. And to some extent, we do need to have some form of social contact. So I make a point that if I am going to be talking with somebody, it's going to be someone I know who is going to only... Well, I shouldn't say only be positive with me because there are times when you need somebody to be calling you out on your bullshit, um, but somebody who is beneficial to me in one way or another. So whether it's a friend who's there to encourage me, maybe it's somebody to call me out on my bullshit, or maybe it's somebody to provide me with some insight and wisdom, having that always super helpful. So taking care of my physical body, taking care of my mind, and taking care of my relationships. Um, all of that, which is a lot, but, you know, getting that into a good balance will will maintain me, at least. I, I love hearing that. Especially, I, I want to refer to what you said there, Ray, about uh, Excel Tim and the affirmations. I think that's so important because oftentimes from people who are on the small side, sometimes from people who are on the bigger side, making comments like, I'm anorexic, I'm skinny, I'm too skinny, I'm not big enough, I'll never be big enough. And I don't think we take enough time to really recognize that when we ironically feed into that rhetoric too often, we become those people who are just miserable with our own growth. Like the thing that is meant to bring us such a huge source of joy it becomes this depression because we're not treating it with respect we're not loving on ourselves as we are where we are right now so excel tim those affirmations i think are so so important right um i know for me in my toolkit it comes down to taking time for myself and being honest with myself about a lot of things uh, like i've kind of expressed a little bit i've grown up in some scenarios where i hadn't necessarily been taught about choosing my own agency or even trusting my own mental perspective of things right to the point where often in the past i've gaslit myself about like the mistreatment i've received in the workplace or things that people have said to me where i'm like i'm sure they didn't mean it like that i know they often say things like that and then of course it's always with the benefit of hindsight that you go oh they were just bullying me and i fully let them because i did not realize that was happening so the tool in my toolkit is to actually come to my defense first 
And I love what you mentioned, Ray, about sometimes we need to be called out on our bullshit. And this is where, you know, for example, my friendship with Tim is so crucial because what I've had to learn to do in my life with things I've experienced is up myself first and foremostly. And why? Because no one else is going to do it for you. You've got to do that for yourself and go, do you know what? Maybe I didn't make that mistake. Maybe they knew exactly what I meant and they chose to go about it in that way. Maybe X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. And so sometimes I'll parrot that to Tim. And there have been times where Tim goes, um, <clears throat> perhaps not quite. And then that's my moment to go, oh, because my good like, girl, you're going off the edge. <laughs> yeah, because my good duty over here is willing to listen to my bullshit until my bullshit becomes true shit. And then, and then he goes, oh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like you have to stop now. You have to stop and reel it back in. And then I go, oh, okay. But that has been a major help especially as i will often say to tim one of the first things like if tim comes to me and says like oh i had this experience with someone or this thing happened one of the first things i will always say is <clears throat> first things first i'm acknowledging that what you said is true based on the knowledge i have of this person and this situation based off the information you have given me the very first thing i would like to say to you is is that you are not making this up you are not quote unquote crazy you are actually assessing this correctly and I want to speak that out as an external source to you that what you are observing is true and correct in your own mind. And I think sometimes even that very first step is like a big thing to just know that what you're observing in reality is not a misdirection. So I, I think things like that are really, really important. Though I'm curious to ask, because I know, um, Ray, you had mentioned that uh, affirmations don't really do anything for you. For everyone here, is there like a tool that you see people using in regards to mental health that either you want to try it or haven't, or maybe you have it in work or I don't know, something that you think to yourself, I wish I could have a little bit more of that, right? What is something that you wish in terms of that mental health toolkit, you wish you could have a little bit more of? I think for me, it would be therapy. I had therapy for a year and I'm a strong believer that it, it works for some, but not for all. For me, it just didn't work. I And I really wish it did because I've seen the benefits of it in people, but I tried it for a year. I tried loads of different people in loads of different, different forms. And for me, I just always found all, all it was doing was bringing up emotions and like the more I talked about it, the more I affirmed these ideas in my head. And so I, I, like, I really wish it worked for me. And sometimes I, I do want to try it again, but then I do also remind, remind myself that it costs a lot of money and, you know, I don't necessarily want to pay all that money again and it not work again. But yeah, I really wish it worked. And I think it, it can work wonders for some people and I've seen it transform people's lives but yeah for me i'm always a little bit gutted that it didn't really work and i didn't really get the benefits of it i, t I totally know how you feel henry because i um so when i was a teenager my parents put me in therapy because they really didn't have any other way of handling the emotional crises i was going through and um but it was a different time you know i was the only out queer kid in a high school where i was immediately made the target because i was out you know, and I kind of think that that depression that I was experiencing was kind of a culmination of being like the only queer kid in the neighborhood, the only queer kid at school, again, that at least was willing to be out about it um, and feeling that level of isolation because that went away when I found community, you know, and so and, and I tried going as an adult, too. But I also believe I was being gaslit and influenced by my late husband who was making my life miserable so it's it's just and every time I've gone, I know that the whole point is that there's supposed to be an impartial person who can help you see past the your own emotional barriers and your own hangups and whatnot. But I always just saw it as like I could talk to a really good friend about this. And I know a friend is going to be subjective, but still, I was like, I know that I'm logical enough to see both sides of like I know that either something I'm doing is wrong, but I can't seem to stop myself, or you know, vice versa. But I, I always felt like I can just get this out of a friend, you know, so I know how you feel about it not working. And 
I wish it worked for me too. I may potentially try it again, but like you said, it's a very expensive thing to do. Um, most insurance plans will cover a couple of visits and then sometimes they put you on a sliding scale, but even that can be pretty expensive. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult place to be. Because I've never tried or had or been sort of anyway interlinked with therapy itself. Not for lack of interest, but for, I, I mean, I mentioned it in my, in my episode, Gaining with the Family, that's not like my family's perspective. We don't, they don't really recognize mental health as an issue. Or that's how it was when I grew up. It was very much like, unless your arms or your legs broke and your arms falling off, you've got nothing wrong with you. Get up, go to work, go to school, do your job, do everything. Like, just keep ticket over. You've got bills to pay. You've got things to turn in. You got the car wash, you know what I mean? You got you got grandma to pick up from the tra the, the the train station. Like, come on, get it together. Uh, um, so I suppose that's kind of affected me as an adult, because now I don't really know what the tools are or the people to see or the places to go. So I kind of reside a lot in talking to friends about mental health uh situations. And then they'll explain their situations where like they went to therapy or they've tried CBT or they've tried different tools. And I'm like, but what's that? How does that work? What do I need to do for that? But I have no idea how to get into it. <laughs> so then I kind of just like check things up online, thinking that I can understand it and then try and reciprocate that in real life. And then it doesn't work. And I'm like, maybe that's not right. But then that's probably not how it's done. <laughs> so don't really know. That's what I want. I, I suppose it would be like, uh, I know the stigma isn't there now than it was, um, but more like of a guide and how to get into it as opposed to like what's involved in it. Does that make sense? Hilton, <laughs> are you kind of referring to like how how do you even get into therapy? Like, what if I am interested in doing it, but I don't even know where to start? That kind of thing? That kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about this the other day. How, like, you know, one of my cats walked in. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear her. Um, but, you know, getting mental health treatment is not an easy process at least in the Amer in the united states um right now there is a really lengthy wait to see therapists to see a psychiatrist you'll have to wait at least half a year half a year to get seen for your mental health what do you do then in the meantime you know and it's really quite sad because what that often means at least in you know and i'm coming from a completely different perspective on a different lens than maybe you guys are um but unfortunately what that means is as therapists we are trying to take more people on and i feel this a lot too where it's like these people have been waiting for months to talk to somebody and it's not someone who's just like i don't know i don't know if i really want to be here but genuinely people who are like i desperately need to talk to somebody please help so we take on more people our hours go longer we get more tired burnout happens and then when we're burned out, sometimes the therapists quit. And then these clients are put back into the main pool of like, okay, well, I'll give you some resources and places you can go. But all of that hard work that you took to try to get to seeing me, the therapist in this situation, now you have to start all over again. Doesn't really make people want to keep going after they've had to wait months to see this one therapist just to get, you know, dropped again. Mm. So hearing, hearing that, you know, hearing how, um, how therapy was not effective for some of y'all, it's, it's saddening to hear that, but I'm aware that it's not a thing that works for everybody. 
something that really sticks out to me, especially when we uh, talk about that type of process, is really the kind of... The problem with the fact that as a whole, our society, our, our global society is not geared towards truly helping people who require help. I mean, Tim, you have said countless times on this podcast about how aspects of the healthcare system are just solely for profit. Yeah, solely for profit. They are not built to help people. There are waiting lists where there probably don't need to be waiting lists. There are problems that could be resolved but that don't get resolved things that are kept behind bureaucracy and things that are kept behind a lack of availability that is out of control for a lot of people you know i i have to parrot something that henry said you know i had a bit of a moment uh, a couple of years back now where i called into a local service spoke with the gp about you know oh not wanting to go into any details about like my life prior, but just saying, look, I wouldn't mind getting the chance to chat to someone. And then kind of probed. I said, well, you know, I've experienced some different bits and pieces. I think I'm doing okay, but I just would love to chat to someone and just work out if there's anything under the surface that I could get on top of, because I don't want to be that person who, you know, is working a perfectly normal job and then something snaps and they go on like a murder spree or something like that. I was just like, I just want to make sure there's nothing lurking under the surface That's that could be a problem. And she did say to me, like, you sound like you're doing great with things. Um, so typically speaking, we wouldn't recommend you forward because in order to get the referral, my GP has to basically be like, this person is enough of a potential danger or enough of a potential whatever to warrant putting them forward, right? Which was wild to me because the whole point of a GP is just to go and check up. Like... Why would you go to a GP? Ah, oh, because I just want to make sure I'm not unwell. Oh, but you're not experiencing any obvious symptoms. Well, no, but I'm pretty sure cancer doesn't feel like it's destroying you from the inside out when you've got it. So I'm pretty sure I just want someone to once over me and just check that there's nothing lingering. You know, the crazy part is as much as I feel we do experience that in the United States, because you will run across doctors and certain health providers that are like that, you'll also find the other ones who don't give a shit anyway, and they will just charge you out the wazoo for all these tests that you probably didn't need. They're more than happy for you to spend your money. And they're more than happy to keep referring you to things that cost all this money. It's like, it, it, it's it's so hard now to like, you really have to just do your research on not just the doctor, but like the, the nurse practitioner that works under the doctor and the entire organization that they belong to, because they're usually linked up to a larger group. So like, do as much research as you possibly can. Read people's testimonies because what I love about the technological age is people will leave Google reviews on literally anything, and that includes doctors. So they'll be more than happy to like write a, their their own testimony of like, oh, I had a wonderful time with this doctor. And someone else could say, no, he didn't listen to shit and he put me on all this stuff I didn't need. Just do your research when it comes to medicine. Mm. So what ended up happening for me was I... I pushed and I was like, listen, I, I do really want to talk to someone. They're like, okay, well, we can schedule you in for a phone appointment. We've got your details. Um, and so someone will give you a call. Took about two months and then someone randomly called me and I didn't know that they were going to call, but they called and they were like, hi, is this James? And I was like, yes. Hi, we've got the referral from your GP about talking to someone. Do you have a moment? I didn't have a moment, but I knew that it was probably going to be forever until I got talked to again. So I was like, no, no, I have a moment. Quickly, like, shutting down my computer and, like, running off to a, a space where I could natter for a bit to talk about my shit. And so even though I told them about, like, traumatic childhood things and, you know, whatever else had gone on in my life, they were like, listen, because you seem to be handling this well, because you're able to talk about the things that happened to you, we're not going to assess you as a high needs case. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a link to this program, which helps you to develop skills. And that was the phone call. They sent me a link to this thing, which most of the tools on that thing were like, talk to friends, affirmations. And I was like, this is it? Like, I'm really glad that I'm not in a poor mental health place, but like, Shit, I'm I'm almost out here like, is this why people go into doctor's offices gung-ho crazy being like, I'm gonna stab somebody, give me the thing! Because it's like, if this is the system, that's what you have to be in order for someone to give you access. Like, people talk the stories about, like, an elderly person or a homeless person robbing a bank with a butter knife. 
for no other reason than they're like, I, I'm not here to actually take anything. I just need you to call the police. So they'll take me to prison where I will get three square meals a day and healthcare. And I'm like, God damn, that is wild. So I think just kind of jumping off that. So I've done a lot of work recently in a community center um, working specifically with people who uh, have really bad mental health, who are in really dire situations, using the arts to help them. And the story that we hear time and time again is I went to the doctors, they didn't do anything. I've come here, I've sewn a like a weird piece of fabric to another piece of fabric and my day has gotten better. And I think it's that thing that I think people so often don't think about that, and myself included for years, that people believe that going to a GP is gonna solve everyone's problems. And I think it's so important that people kind of not realize but kind of like open their minds to this idea that our mental health can be resolved in many different ways. It doesn't have to be through calling up a GP and waiting for months. You know, that's an option. If you want to, if you think that's what you need to do, do it. But, you know, I'm also a big advocate for going to these groups, going to these like, you know, tea circles where it's like you and it's always like it was like, oh, just a bunch of old women it's like no because usually it's run by someone like it's run by groups that can help you and it can it's run by people who know what they're doing and i think it's so important these things and these places and so often i've seen people's lives change and better because just because they've gone to a sewing group on a thursday afternoon you know, it's like, it's so, it's such a menial thing. It's such a small activity, but just going to it, just being open and willing to go there. That is such an important step in the right direction. And yeah, I just think it's so important. And I think it's, it's this weird thing that we think as humans, that we believe that a doctor is going to save our lives always it's like that's not always the case it's not always the case it's sometimes not always the case sometimes they will just charge you millions of pounds for something you don't need i love that you mentioned that henry you know um you mentioned there about how this is something that was led by someone who like might have also experienced this very similar thing you know in the united states the american legion was started by veterans who have come back from war traumatized and that was a place where they could come and they can talk about their stuff they can talk about the trauma that they've incurred and do it in a way that people would gen genuinely understand we have that for so many other things too. Um, you can think about AA or NA, these support groups run by people who are experiencing these similar problems. And having that community is a natural support that mental health practitioners will always say is probably more important than most other things. I'm not saying that it's not good to, you know, take medication if you need it or see a therapist, but therapy is not meant to be forever. It's supposed to be a intervention that is used to help you so you can continue to get through your problems or whatever is bothering you at like that's burdening you and teach you what to do. So then when it comes up again, you can handle it yourself. But these natural supports, these communities that we find these are what will be there for us moving forward. If you can do one thing, please find community. Mm. I mean, listen, that brings us right back around to gaining because ain't that the whole point of community in this community? We've talked about this with event drop. We've talked about this with events in general. We've talked about this with feeding. We've talked about this with gain of friends, with going out to get a meal together. Hellier, this is exactly it. Like, what do we do that builds us up? You know, 
we talk about this and I think it all comes back to mental health at the end of the day, because like our ability to feel confident in our gains, to feel confident in the life decisions we make. Yes, there is a notion that some of us may not get to be with partners who share our desires. And, you know, that is what it is to an extent. But uh, community is there for us to understand this very crucial and critical part of ourselves. I think it's something that a lot of people have comment on when they go to their first major event. It's life changing because when you meet your first gainer, you just you're online, you talk to people you could have done it for decades. But the very first time you actually meet someone in the flesh, it really rocks you to your core where you go. This is real. This is really fucking happening. It's mind blowing. So listen, we're talking community and this is absolutely the key. So talking about the community right like do do you all feel like we balance the conversation on mental health well in our community i think i'm just going to jump in and say no uh i think and i i don't think this is saying bad about the community but this is community driven by sex and driven by sexual ideals so and that's, I think, for a, possibly for a majority, I'm not entirely sure, I've not encountered a majority yet. Uh, they, they're they there for fun, they're there for something, a sexual encounter, but they're even there for romance. And I don't think often that's something that you don't, you know, you don't want to deal with sex and mental health. They often don't go together. And I think it's where, like, sometimes some guys maybe don't enjoy it when people do get vulnerable because you know if for me if i'm getting vulnerable like i'm telling you my life story and often then people run a mile because they're like that's a lot but i i don't think it's a thing we balance because we just don't they don't mix they don't it's like then if they don't want to mix and i don't think that's a bad thing but i think it is something that we need to take into consideration <laughs> um no absolutely um I was going to say that there's such a heavy emphasis in the community of physical attributes that people forget the mental attributes. Um, so many people will just scroll through Grommer and they're all, all they're interested in is the next biggest person they see on their, their feed. <laughs> um, or if, if five people message you, the, the person that's most likely going to get the, the attention is the biggest person, if that's what you're into, or the most muscular person, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there is a, just a, a disconnect, it feels, in the community between uh, respecting somebody's, yeah, respecting and validating their physical attributes and their appearance and their, their, their goals and their gains and everything they've achieved. Fantastic. That's brilliant. But also just remember they're people. Let's validate their mental health as well as their physical. Let's just remind them that even if they haven't gained as much weight as they wanted to or they thought they were going to, that they still look great. They're not forgotten about. They're still loved. They're still like welcome in the community. You're not immediately marched out if you haven't put on 20 pounds in your first month of membership. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no <laughs> there's no way bridge into this community. Um, call it out because at the end of the day each and every one of us is valid and people have a tendency to do that you're not fat enough for me or you're not the aesthetic that I like you're not this you're not that and it's like baby we all come from struggle and trauma and why we gotta come into this safe space and literally do that to one another that is far too much and very unnecessary I mean to 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 pivot slightly here, I want to ask Ray, from the conversation we had today, what is an aspect of mental health that maybe would be good for us to focus on? Well, one thing that I always try to emphasize with people is knowing at what point, like, is this something where I do need to seek more professional help? Um, you know, from what I see a lot, um, and it's all about, you know, being in tune with yourself and kind of understanding and really knowing yourself. People will come into therapy when it's the 11th hour 
when it's like I am doing my absolute worst. I am like on the brink of destruction kind of thing. And that's good. You know, if anything, like James, when you were mentioning like, hey, I'm coming in because I'm a little concerned. I want to make sure things are okay. Like that is amazing. We that's like, you know, more preventative care. And actually in the United States, most insurance companies will not charge or have very low copays for preventative care as opposed to care that is like, hey, I'm sick right now. Please help me. Because they want to try to, I yeah, I mean, you can look at it through a number of different perspectives, but, you know, being able to know how to take care of yourself and be able to get those tools to know how to use them right before things go south. So what I try to encourage is no, like taking pauses to really check in with yourself. Am I doing okay? Am I noticing changes in myself that don't seem healthy? Whatever that word means to you. And knowing when it's like, okay, I think this is something that I need to seek extra support with, whatever that looks like. Is this something that is beyond my capability just within my own self to manage? Or is this something that I need extra help with? Because sometimes you do need extra help with, or sometimes, yeah, maybe you are capable of managing this, but right now it's just a little hard. So you just need to push through it because nobody said life was going to be easy. So maybe it's something where, yes, I know I can do this. It's going to be hard right now, but I can manage or nope, this is really hard. I genuinely need extra support right now. I, I mean, if I can ask here, maybe a little specifically, Tim, uh, uh, XL Tim, I should say, as someone who is as exceedingly large as you are, I mean, do you find that that leads to specific mental health moments or experiences that you'd be willing to share with listeners? Oh, wow. No, I'd, I'd say, yeah, I'd say that there are, there are pitfalls or there are things that I didn't anticipate happening that have happened are and are still happening. Because um, I think the, the rhetoric is for a lot of people um, is that keep getting bigger. Everyone in the community will appreciate it. You'll be revered because you put on so much weight when in actuality, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> the it's not size equivalent um like notoriety or like you're not going to be just praised because of your size it's it's um like that and that's not what i went into this thinking but it's um because there's always going to be somebody bigger there's always going to be somebody with a better body shape there's always going to be somebody that's got a bigger belly bigger moves bigger ass thigh whatever it is that attracts you there's always someone better um but i suppose for for me as a bigger person what i never really anticipated which is really obvious when you think about it but it never really twigged was that how debilitating the loneliness aspect can be which i think a lot of people forget because they just say oh 500 pound super chub that's got to be incredible don't you feel so happy with your life all the time and i'm like yes i do to a degree but there are also days when basic tasks become too much for me at my size to do which then impacts my mental health because I don't feel like I've got the energy to do all of these things and then I my list of seeing friends or family or doing things with with people on the weekend drop because I just I don't have the energy to do them um and people are so caught up with uh, how you look outside of the bedroom <laughs> outside of the feeding session when you take your hand out of the fridge um life ticks on and you're 500 pounds all the time not just in the scene not just on the web session not just on the video not just while eating that pizza like you can finish turn the camera off and then you'll you're still 500 pounds but you're alone <laughs> 
and there's there, there is nobody else with you and if you if you're struggling to do things no one is there to help you you've got to you've got to be independent and be, be strong enough willed and physically to be able to do everything that a 200 200 pound person can especially for those people that aren't in relationships or mm. some of those people in relationships that don't get the support from their partner mm. 100% conversations about fantasy and reality conversations that people don't want to address and yet this is a very real thing a very real experience i mean to contrast to that henry you're you're quite plump yourself but as a younger person like what is your take on i mean obviously we talked to the, the the community at large does not really support in terms of mental health but like in terms of you know those those facets addressing the realities of the gaming process and the ways that maybe that affects our mental health. Do you think that one, that people have that conversation these days? And two, do you maybe observe those struggles in maybe older or more established members in the community, at least by your observation? Yeah, I think as someone who is, you know, on the younger side of things, I often talk to people about it um but i also know i'm very lucky i'm you know i have a great friend who is who we both are very open about our sexual lives and kind of our sexual pleasures and we talk blah, blah. we talk a lot about our sexual pleasures um mainly because you know we kind of grew up together so we're Eventually, you run out of things to talk to, you know, when you're having a pint, so you end up talking about getting fat. And I I wish more people did it, but I, I do kind of, when I look at the older people in the community, maybe people have been around longer, who have, you know, um, more active as well, uh, I often see them talking about it and... But I think the way they talk about it is always really interesting to me. It so often comes from a place of, it's often very blunt and it's very much kind of similar to what Tim was, Tim, XL Tim was saying about the fat doesn't go away. It's always there. It's always on your body and it won't leave you. And I'm very lucky that I had an amazing uh, feeder encourager when I was a bit younger I say a bit younger, it's like a year ago, um, who was always very honest with me and was very, you know, every few weeks he'd send me messages like, are you sure you want to do this? This isn't something that is lighthearted. This is an intense thing to do. And it always like makes you check yourself and makes you kind of go, this is what I want to do. How am I feeling about this? Do I still want to gain? Do I still feel like this is the right path for me? And yeah, so I, like, I think... I know I'm blessed and I know I'm very lucky that I've had a lot of amazing people around me, but I do kind of see it a lot and I see it in a very blunt capacity. Like it's very much people telling you the truth, whether you like it or not. I think this has been a really good episode just to talk about what we're all experiencing and I think, especially from what Ray said, some very necessary knowledge about things we can do, especially as far as things are preventative. So I just want to ask everyone, what are some closing thoughts on mental health you want listeners to take away from today's conversation? I mean, it's a field that's constantly evolving, you know, um, like any other science, we're discovering new things about it all the time. And, um, you know, one of the unique things about therapy, psychopathy, psychology, is that a lot of it's theory based. So someone can come up with a new theory and, you know, maybe that one works for you. Some people like other ones that have been, uh, that have come and gone over the years. Um, I, even though I didn't get anything out of therapy personally, I never discount it as a science. I'm not one of those people who's just like, oh, what the hell do they know? You know, like I respect it just as much as I respect any other science. And I think everyone should too. Like, you're, you'll probably encounter people in your life who'll tell you, oh, shrinks don't know anything. It's just a bunch of talk. It's yada, yada. But that could be the exact thing that you need, you know? So don't let other people talk you out of it either. I think I'd say to people, step away 
from the screens sometimes kind of going back to what I talked about in my previous episode last time I was on social media is all consuming and if you are not careful you will live your life on these phones and you know as lucky as we are to have grammar I think it's if you want you can scroll for a lifetime and it's, I think sometimes it's really important just to step back and to focus on the the real things in the world you know a screen is just that it is a 2d image that's all it is we need to focus on the 3d things in our lives and another thing I want to add to that is your brain tells us thing your brain tells you something for a reason you get scared because you are scared you get happy because you are happy. So listen to your brain. The brain is an incredible thing. Listen to it. It will tell you very important things. I suppose mine is just to um, is to reach out to your friendship circle or other people in the community that you you've spoken to or you want to get to know and ask how they are. It might seem a bit of a and a daft opening message to somebody, but I would I would much rather see that message from somebody's like and ask them how I am, as opposed to the you look big, <laughs> you look fat, you look sexy, all this kind of jazz. I'm like I would rather that, and it's just a case of just 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 checking in with your friends, um, in the community and outside of just to see how they are, just to lend them your ear for like five ten minutes and have a chat about things, how their life's going, take an interest in what they're doing. Um, because I find that it, it pays, it pays tenfold on the return. If you go, if you reach out to, to 10 people and spend some time with them, they're going to return the favor back to you when you need it. And sometimes when you crucially need it, well, I don't know what else to say that hasn't already been said at this point. There's already been so many great things that have been mentioned. You know, Henry, I love what you mentioned about social media. Um, I I think it can be a blessing and a curse at the same time. And XL Tim, what you said about reaching out to people, always super helpful. Being able to check in with yourself to know when it is that you when you know that you need someone if i if i could give only one other little uh nugget of advice i suppose in kind of concluding this is that everybody comes with their own yardstick um don't measure yourself based off of another person's yardstick because you know we're apples and oranges we're all made differently it's not appropriate to measure yourself off of somebody else's measurements of what somebody else might count as success that's not your measurement of success it's worth having a conversation about what do you define as success for yourself what do you define as a good life it doesn't have to be what everybody else's is so take some time to ask yourself those questions. Maybe that might help direct you in a, a different way or help you uh, move forward in a way that is more beneficial for you. And truly, this has been an incredible episode. And if I can say one thing here to close out, you know, and I know I've said this before, one of the greatest things you can do when you are feeling kind of trapped in your own mind is to focus on other people because it immediately gets you out. If you are stuck in your trauma, in your sad place, look at other people and think, how can you give them the help that they need? How can you invest in other people and also celebrate their joys and their victories? You may find that something that you need and all you need is just a bit of distance. That of course doesn't smudge anything else that you might need in that moment, but sometimes that is what we need. So much like Henry said, listen to yourself. Give yourself a fighting chance. But I think this has been an incredible, 
episode. And I just want to say thank you again to every single person for being here today and giving of their time. So if I can ask, where can our listeners find each of you online? And we'll go with Ray first. You can find me on Instagram at translardvark. Uh, you can find me on Grommer as Butterball T or on Instagram as Butterball Belly. And you can find me on Grommer at Henry the Pig or on my Instagram, which is Henry underscore ETH24. Gorgeous. Oh, fabulous. Well, listen, thank you everyone so much for being here today. But that's a wrap for now here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars and leave us a good review. Now, if you liked this episode, the podcast or just us in general, share it with your friends and encourage them to tune in. You can find me on Instagram and Blue Sky at Stanham. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Thicky Mouse. You can also look us up on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Thick Radio or on our website at www.podpage.com forward slash Thick Radio. If you want to submit a voice note or become a financial supporter of the show, you can find the links in the show notes. And you can also write to us at thethickradio at gmail.com. So until next time. Bye, fats. Bye, fats. Bye, fats. Let's talk about it. Dick Radio is a Patreon and Enter app podcast produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Next and Master by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lucky 2. Our theme song is provided by Body by Cream.